Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the final matchmaking edition of On to the Next One here in 2020. This is not the last show of the year. More on that at the tail end of the program, but the UFC just had their final event of 2020 on Saturday, UFC Vegas 17, which ended with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson picking up a absolutely vintage, impressive, unanimous decision win over the surging Jeff Neal. Now, before we start playing matchmaker with all of you, let us take care of some business. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always in this venture, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and most importantly, the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alex K. Lee. AK, we get a reprieve from the matchmaking for the next few weeks after this. How are you, buddy? Mike, my best friend. It's a shame that uh, after today's show, you and I will not talk again until uh, the next UFC. We will not talk for like three straight weeks, I think. We, we're we best friends, but I think people should know we all, this is literally the only time we talk to each other is uh, during this podcast. Uh, but I mean, you know, that's how our relationship works. You know, best friends come in all shapes and sizes. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame, but... Uh, I hope I hope people will won't miss us won't miss us that much, uh, and uh, maybe I'll send you the occasional text uh, or DM on Twitter. I don't know, but uh, but yes, it's parting is such sweet sorrow, Mike. Of course, he's joking, folks, because we, we have some things planned, and we'll talk oh, about yeah. those. Oh, <laughs> we, will oh, yeah. talk, we will talk about those later on. Uh, but yes, but let us get right into this thing and start with Wonder Boy Thompson, who successfully defended his NMF title against Jeff Neal. He swept the scorecards. Exceptional performance from the soon-to-be 38-year-old who fought like he was a 24-year-old. And to me, AK, and I'll give my take more on this in a minute, man, I feel like Wonder Boy's place in this division is kind of tough. It reminds me of Charles Oliveira in a way. Like, I believe Oliveira deserves a massive fight, maybe even a title shot after what he did to Tony Ferguson. But what I think might happen is he remains sort of the odd man out at 155, out of the equation, unless the UFC calls this crazy audible of some kind. Now, 
I don't think Wonderboy should be fighting for a world title next, but I do believe he deserves a matchup with someone else in the top five. The problem is those matchups could be very hard to come by. So with that said, AK, A, are you thinking the same way? And B, what do you think is next for Steven Thompson? Yeah, I think uh, I, I am thinking the same way. And not just for this, um, not just for the results of the main event. This whole card, uh, in some ways, almost created more questions than answers. I think I needed some of the... I needed some of the guys uh, looking to get over that hump, that sort of contender's hump to win. Like I, I, I think Jeff Neal winning would have made things uh, pretty easy for us to make some matchups. I think uh, Cheeto Vera winning would have made things easy. It did not go that way. So I think people will see throughout the show where there's a lot of there'll be a lot of hemming and hawing. Um, and it wasn't just them. There's a lot of there's a, I think maybe even I think maybe even if Chaos Williams had beaten uh, Michelle Pajeda, I think it might have been a little bit easier than trying to figure out Pajeda. So, uh, so for Thompson, uh, this is why I kind of went with a matchup that doesn't have a lot of sizzle. Uh, I know people are not. There's not people aren't clamoring for this, but I like the idea of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio just lost out on the Muslim Salakov fight. Uh, he needs a new opponent. He's on a seven-fight win streak. I, I love the matchup stylistically. I think I, I think Ponzinibbio. I know seven seven straight wins in the UFC. That's huge. I I, I think he is a big enough name to intrigue uh, Wonderboy. I do think that Wonderboy would take that fight if it came up. This is just so tough, man, because there's just so many unknowns, right? Like, we don't know what's going on with Masvidal or Covington. Mm -hmm. I mean, we assume the UFC is going to try to make that fight with everything in their power. Same with Usman versus Burns for the title. Same with Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Chemaev. Michael Chiesa has a fight booked. We just don't know who with who yet. That could be, it could be Chiesa versus Damian Maia. Could be Chiesa versus Tyron Woodley. Could be Chiesa versus Neil Magny. I have no idea. So the short answer here, and this is boring, and I feel like this is such a cop-out on my part, but we need to see how some of these matchups shake up first. Like, not just the in-cage product, but the matchmaking product itself, because there's just so many unanswered questions right now. So my guess is, and this is with the hope that Wonderboy's knee is okay in the long term, I think he either gets Damian Maya or Neil Magny. Depends on, I have a feeling one of those two guys could get the Kiesa fight, and then whoever's left over, that's who Tyre, that's who Wonderboy fights. But again, I have absolutely no idea. None. No clue. Yeah, it's like you say, it could depend who shakes out of some of those rumored slash confirmed. Because as you're right, some of those matchups are not even uh, confirmed to be to be rebooked again. Like you said, Hamzat and Edwards, we don't know. I think they're aiming for January. I believe that's the plan, but has not been officially announced. I, I don't think we've been able to, to officially confirm it. So uh, that is, we don't know. Uh, and, and again, Wonderboy has said a lot about how a lot of he's talked a lot about uh, sort of not being crazy about how quickly Hamzat has risen through through the ranks. He has not really buying into the Hamzat hype. It's, it doesn't sound like a fight he'd be interested in, but maybe if Hamzat beats uh, beats Edwards, that, that changes things. I don't know, um, but yes, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. Like I, I, there's really anyone in the top fifteen. We named. I, I'm looking at my own top fifteen. I think we named almost everyone <laughs> as, <laughs> as possibilities for someone to, if he, if his knee is fine, so for someone that uh, Wonderboy could fight in the next four, five, six months. So um, it really is wide open. Uh, like I said, I like I like Ponzinibbio, uh, and you like you said uh, Maya. Maya Maya is a fight I've wanted for a while. Like yeah, good just, style matchup. I mean, it's, sorry, it's clash styles, clash of styles. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. They're both they're, they're both legends in their own way. I, I just feel like. The, the respect factor between those two guys would just be amazing. There'd be uh it would be like the opposite of the Covington Mazadal build, like the total complete opposite. Um, so that'd be a lot of fun, but I, I don't know. I, I threw out to Nate Diaz. I remember on the post fight show the other day, 
Uh, only because you know we don't know when ATS is fighting, but you know get you get some of that uh, NMF versus. If we can't get NMF versus the official BMF, how about NMF versus a BMF? You know, so uh, I think and fans would definitely tune in. Fans would definitely tune in for that, and that's a fight. If that if uh, Diaz signed on, Wonder Boy would be down for that 100%. He would love to fight Nate Diaz. So. Uh, throw that out there for his sake. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to book Cub- Covington Mazadal. I think everybody kind of feels that way. But if Colby starts playing his, I want this, I want this, I want this game, and they can't come to terms, I would have no issue with them slotting Wonder Boy in there for the for the rematch with Mazadal. But we will see what happens. There's just so many unknowns. Now for Jeff Neal, he suffers his first loss in the UFC. He's had himself a crazy year with his health. Only competed once in 2020 like Wonder Boy. Comes up with the loss. Clearly, the guy is uber talented. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, AK, I hate to start the show on a sour note, but you're gonna be you're gonna be upset with me. You're gonna be mad. I have to end my part of one of our campaigns here. I have to close the door no. on no. Lobby for Robbie for Tim Means oh. and shift Lobby for Robbie to Jeff Neal. And I know. I didn't necessarily want to see that matchup for Robbie Lawler after Lawler's last fight because we didn't know what the hell was going on with Jeff Neal at the time. But I think after that loss to Steven Thompson, I would like to see how he bounces back against a former world champion, a guy with a name, and a guy who probably won't try to to wrestle him or point strike him for 15 minutes. I, I think those two guys will just stand in, each other, in front of each other and throw hams at, each, at one another. So that's my pick, AK. This is kind of a tough one, but I feel like the UFC still has a lot invested in Jeff Neal, and I feel like Lawler's the kind of name that will uh, keep Neal motivated, and it's kind of a win-win for the UFC. Okay, I, I'm fine with uh, I'm fine with maybe putting a pause on Lobby for Robbie for now for, for Tim Means. I thought you were going to say we're giving up completely on Neal on Neal. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, in that case, I mean, God, then I'm sticking... <laughs> <laughs> I, I still want to see that fight. I still want to see that fight. For for Neil Magny, it's, it loses a bit of its luster because I think you know he would want to say I, I I was I you know when they were booked. I'm sure a lot of the appeal was I could hand this guy his first loss. That means a lot for me. That's going to be up. I still think it's a good matchup. Again, it's one that was that was supposed to happen. I I am not moving on from Neil on Neil. Uh, so yeah, that is my pick for that one. There were some really good reader suggestions. So I don't which I saw unfortunately. Normally I try not to look at the reader suggestions too much before we do the show cuz I don't want to steal them. Uh, but I will say there was some good ones. So uh, my, my, I'll keep my words short on uh, Jeff Neal for now, but there were some good uh, there's some really good reader suggestions later which I which we can elaborate on. I have not given up on Neil on Neil. I okay. don't want to see I'll, Neil on Neil right now. I think I've sure. made the analogy of you know, you you, you you date somebody, you feel like it's good, but it's it's the future, just not right now. I feel like that's what Neil on Neil is. I, I feel like Neil Magny is a nightmare matchup to like f- to take coming off of your first loss in the UFC. So, yowzer. I don't know how I feel about that. But now, we must go to one Jose Aldo. He delivered the Knights' quote-unquote, y'all must have forgot moment. He defeats Marlon Cheeto Vera. Fantastic third round. We had... Jiu-Jitsu Aldo getting it done in Las Vegas last night in the co-main event. Calls out TJ Dillashaw after the win. Do you like that idea, or do you have something else in mind, AK? I mean, I think it's a good idea. I, I thought it was a cool call. He said people had been talking about it before. I don't know why. Did I miss this? Did I miss some 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 chatter between the two or some some a report that there was? Ch- I, I don't remember. He, he said they'd been talking about it. I had no idea. 
Yeah, maybe he meant him and his team. Maybe he meant like an internal thing. Because that, that for me, when he, when he, my ears perked up, and I'm like, yeah, I like this matchup. It, it, it wouldn't be my number one choice. Dillashaw is not short of options. I think people are seeing that this week. Uh, people calling him out, him kind of responding, him kind of, you know, he's 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 has his pick of the litter. Uh, so I don't know if he would pick Aldo. Uh, it's not, it's certainly not a bad one for him. I just don't know if he'd pick him right now. So for me, I like. I really want to see. This is a kind of a dream matchup for me. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz. If Cruz beats uh, Casey Kenny on March sixth, which is by no means guaranteed, I haven't seen the odds for that yet. It would not surprise me if Kenny ends up uh, going to that one as a as a favorite. But uh, I, I, you know, I need WEC featherweight champion versus WEC bantamweight champion. I just think it'd be really cool. Uh, and I think I think again, we're on this whole legacy fight stage for a lot of these guys. I think Cruz would be interested in it, especially. I mean, if Cruz wins, he'd probably just call for a title shot, but I think he'd be one away, and I think Aldo would be would be a good name for him. I'm just going to go ahead and knock two names off the list right away here. Yeah, okay, do it. I'm going with Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. There, sure, yes. There are some who say, well, you know, maybe Font isn't there yet, and, and I disagree. Even though Marlon Marais has had a tough stretch, he's had a tough 2020, it does not change the fact that Marlon Marais was ranked number three in the world heading into Saturday night. Rob Font earned himself a fight with a big name or somebody in the top five. Aldo is a big name. He's not in the top five right now. Font might even be ranked higher than Jose Aldo come Tuesday. And I know Dillashaw is coming back. I know both those guys called for that fight. But like I said on the post-fight show, I think you do the fight with Uriah Faber and finally put this alpha male feud to rest once and for all. It's a big fight. People will care. People will watch. They want to see Faber still a name. He's still a star. And people just want to see this rivalry play out for good. So give me Aldo versus Fon, AK. I I think that's the way to go. Uh Morais was about a minus 150 favorite going to that fight. So you're right. So 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 to take credit away from Font and, and people just saying like, oh, Mar- Marais was. Well, and again, I'm sure there's fans out there who who were picking Font, but clearly at least there's a there's a general uh, there was a general, uh, you know, uh, not consensus, but I would say quite a few bit of people who who thought that Marais was going to win. I I was one of them because I'm an idiot. But um, no, I, and and I think Marais skill wise is still absolutely a top five guy. And well, now Font has taken his spot. Um, so. Oh, I guess we're not moving on to full-on font talk yet. But I was going to say I, I did I do like the Aldo matchup. Uh, obviously, it made it made a lot of sense. Um, I'll have someone else for font when, when we when we bring it up. But uh, that is definitely killing two birds with one stone. It makes a lot of sense for both guys. <sighs> would Aldo? Is this a fight Aldo? Would be? Yeah, I don't know. I think Aldo would do it. Aldo has been somewhat picky, but I don't see him as someone who says just straight up says no to matchups. I think if it's floated to him, I think he'd have a lot of respect for Rob Font, and I think I think he'd uh, I do think he'd take that fight. So yeah, I, I'd I'd love to see that one. Yeah, I mean, he just fought the number 15-ranked guy, so I think he'll probably fight a guy (laughs) that probably be ranked a spot ahead of him come Tuesday, but we'll see what happens once those crazy rankings come out. But now we head to the calm-down and very tactical version of Michelle Pereira, who Mm. defeated Chaos Williams on Saturday. It was a very close fight. Chaos Williams still believes he won that fight. There's a lot of people who thought Chaos Williams won that fight, but it was very, very close. The fight was not as wild as most had anticipated, but... Pieta gets a big win, and although Tim Means may have lost out on the Robbie Lawler fight on my card, AK, let's give him Michelle Pajeda because, man, that would be a lot of fun. So that's my pick, Pajeda versus Tim Means. What are you going with? Yeah, I mean, I, I should have been just looking for the most wild possible matchup. And again, uh, the readers had some really, really good ones. But for some reason, I you know what? Maybe it's because of his new style, his new approach. I'm like, you know what, Michelle Pajeda, if you want to be taken seriously— Fine. I am going to try and seriously book you and not just try and make matchups that will produce the craziest and most, you know, viral highlights. 
I should have touched on this before. I think my, I, I'll say this. My, my notes were a little bit incomplete. And I, now, now I remember why. Why why not? Why not Michelle Bejeda? Why can't he fight Jeff Neal? Interesting. I, you know, again, if you're Jeff Neal's team to go from a karate guy to a, another completely unorthodox wild guy might seem a bit might seem a bit odd. But I do think Neal is going to learn a lot from that Thompson fight. I do think he his not having his head coach in his corner mattered. I'm not saying he would have beaten Wonder Boy if he did have him. I just think his performance. I think we would have seen a little bit of a better performance. Maybe not so lopsided. Uh, that's a very that's a very difficult guy to fight when you don't have your head coach, uh, especially one as good as uh, Saif Sode. So, uh, so I I kind of like the Jeff Neal thing. Um, I do want to see uh, if Jeff Neal with 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 his hopefully with his coach in his corner this time can deal with someone who's so unorthodox. So I actually really like that one a lot. Um, and I like it for Pajeda too because I think Jeff Neal. I have him somewhere in the top. I mean, going into the fight, I had him in like top twenty. He was what five and zero, right? Top twenty. I think that was fair. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people will see that how how badly he lost to uh, to a top guy and say, well, you know, maybe you know, question his other competition. Da, da. I don't want to do that, but I'm sure people will. Uh, and uh, also for Pajeda, uh, I st- I mentioned Alan Juban in a previous show. I still kind of like that one. I don't know. I because I I just don't know the the win this win over Chaos just didn't move Pajeda that much in the rankings for me. So I like that matchup. The last time Pajeda won a fight, I like it again now. I also like the Anthony Pettis call out, but we'll talk about Pettis a lot more later and uh, why that fight probably isn't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to any of that. I like the Joe Ban. I want to give Pejeda a, a veteran that can, and I'm not trying to be mean to Diego Sanchez, but a veteran that's just not going to run away from him the entire fight. Oh. Diego wanted nothing to do with Michelle Pejeda after like two uh, minutes of that fight. His defense, though. His defense. You saw the video, <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, posted by his our, our, our good uh, our good pal, Fabia, Josh Fabia. On, uh, if anyone hasn't seen that, Josh Fabia did a great, I, th- I assume he's the one who edited it, a great breakdown of how nothing that Pejeda threw landed, apparently. Our eyes deceived us. Everything was deflected. and It's like a kung fu movie. He was actually deflecting and slipping everything so quickly we couldn't just and was not actually touched in the Beheta fight. So, uh, yes, how dare you disrespect Diego Sanchez. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What a jerk I am. But I already made my pick for Rob Font, AK. He puts away Marlon Marias. He's gotten over the the big moment, the big matchup hump that has eluded him for all these years. So what is your selection for one of the founding members of the New England cartel? I like the Aldo fight, but I also like him. Maybe getting the winner, Corey Sandhagen, Frankie Edgar, February 6th. The winner? Wow. Wow. I, I don't think that that winner the uh, the winner of that fight is necessarily guaranteed a title shot. Let me put it that way. I, I think that, I think I think any three of those guys, Font, Sandhagen, or Edgar, uh, will be worthy of title shot with another win. I just don't know if, if they're going to leapfrog. Uh, you know, Cody Garbrandt's coming back to Jilla Shaw, Jose Aldo. One, I feel like one of these veteran names is going to get that uh, first shot at the still to be. It, has it was was it announced now? Sterling, uh, it is finally announced, right? 
Um, I don't think we have a date for that one just yet. Well, whenever that fight hopefully becomes official, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look that up real quick. Um, I, I think they'll end up facing a veteran first. So wh whoever wins will probably call out a veteran. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what kind of champion Piotr Jan will be, or uh, or what Sterling could be if he wins. But I, I do fear once they get a win, they might you know do the go the the Henry Cejudo route and go like just just start calling out veterans and legends. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can reestablish a proper hierarchy at 135. But um, yeah, a little pessimistic and and uh, wondering if they're going to go the veteran hunting. But yeah, I like Font uh, versus Sandhagen, Edgar Winner, and one of those guys I feel is very deserving of a title shot. Uh, whoever that is, uh, six months from now. I like it. It just depends on how long Font wants to sit on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Because, I mean, he just took a, a full year off. True. Had a quick finish. So, we'll see. I mean, he's that's that New England cartel mentality, man. Like, Calvin Cater just wants to fight whoever they give him. And if they offer Font a name, he's just going to take whoever they give him anyways. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd be down for either of those fights. That'd I'm be surprised he didn't, mention, he, he didn't mention all the those fights any of his post-fight interviews i'm surprised that he didn't th he didn't think of that i know I, i'm not sure i know when i talked to him for what the heck he talked about aldo uh before okay. delisha or anybody else so um maybe just take and hey, listen maybe who knows maybe. I, but that and that and i thought font's interview was very interesting because he was just like yeah i know there's tj delisha but i don't care i don't care whatever they give me i'll, I'll take that's just it sounds he wants like a headline. <laughs> yeah and yeah give him, he wants give him to me. and he wants him to him and his boy Cater, he says they're going to fight. He, they're going to fight for a title in 2020. They'll, they'll both be fighting for titles in 2021, he says. So we'll see, Mike. We'll see. We shall see. We head to the heavyweight division. Marcin Tybura wins his fourth straight fight. He puts away Greg Hardy in the second round. This is a tale of two fights, AK, because he weathers a giant storm, and Tybura has become a player in the heavyweight division, AK. This is this was a tough one for me because... Tybora has been around Very. for a while. He's fought like everybody yes. already. Yep. But I settled on one name after a lot of pondering. I'm going with Augusto Sakai. He has some buzz after beating Greg Hardy. Tybora does pronounce pal. Let's give him a top 10 guy and see if he can keep this thing going. So that's my pick because I just really didn't know where else to land. This is a complete dart throw and Sakai is where it landed, my friend. Now he has fought Sakai before. Right, but he's my other. My first choice is Andrei Olovsky, but they fought too. Okay. I don't yes, know what we, to do. And we also uh, they have. Oh, that, I didn't even know. see. I, see now, I'm the one who forgot because I, I didn't pick Arlovsky, but I was definitely he was definitely in the mix. Uh, I just I yeah, I totally forgot about that. And he beat him. Okay, um, but uh, and I think we've also we just matched up Arlovsky recently. I think. I was going through my the I was going back to the archives with this year's final. I've mentioned our, I feel like we've mentioned our loss on like maybe three separate shows, obviously including the, the one that uh, that he you know the, the fight he won. So yeah, it's hard almost not to give him a rematch at this point. So I I, I don't mind yeah I don't mind any of the rematches. Uh, again, the Sky fight was yeah, September last year, which seems recent, but I'm sure I'm sure Tabora would love to run that one back. Uh, so I went with sorry I lost my spot. Okay. Maybe I'm looking at this February 6th card again. Uh, Alistair Overeem, Volkov winner. It's it's a big jump up, but man, he's won. Look, people, I know it's, it's going to sound weird to some people. Who, he's won four straight fights, Tabora. He's he's tied for the longest win streak at heavyweight. He probably deserves some sort of fight that pushes him towards uh, title contention. Uh, and that's the one. I, again, it, it Overeem, he probably wouldn't be too thrilled about fighting Tabora. Um, 
they might see that as a step back, but he shouldn't because, like I said, DeBurr, four straight wins. And uh, Volkov, I think Volkov would make a lot more sense than Volkov would be totally open to it. So, yes. I'm also not against Olenek. He's fighting Chris Dacus, though. Yes, if, if he beats Chris Dacus February 20th. Uh, Do- I don't like it so much the other way. If Dacus beats Olenek, eh, I don't really care for a Dacus-Tabura uh, matchup. But Olenek, if he gets if he gets back in the win column, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's give that a shot. But yeah, uh, Tabura was definitely, I would say, one of the hardest guys to match up. Uh, thankfully, again, he's also strikes me as a person who will fight on. He's not going to talk trash uh, about, oh, I'm on a four-fight win streak. I only want to fight someone on the top. That's Tabura. just not going to do that. And uh, he did have one of the best calls tonight, though, uh, <laughs> joking afterwards. Because uh, Greg Hardy on Media Day had been making overtures towards uh, possibly boxing in the future and said, yeah, I'm going to knock out uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. And then so Tabura said, oh, now that, I've beat, now that I beat Hardy, maybe I should be the one who gets Joshua or Fury. So uh, I love that call out. So good for Tabura. He's got a lot of good options ahead of him, and, and uh, yeah, a, a, a shockingly great 2020 uh, for Martin Tabura, uh, 4-0. I mean, Walt Harris makes sense, but I don't want to see yeah. Walt Harris fight Marcin Tabura right now. I want to see Walt Harris like fight somebody outside of the top 15, maybe even outside of the top 20 at this point, and try to get yeah. back on track. Like, I, I don't like that matchup for him at all. And like, just look at the resume of... Tybor in the UFC is kind of puzzling because I didn't even realize he was in the UFC like for so long and he's fought all these guys. Fought Timothy Johnson, fought Victor Pesta, fought Luis Henrique, beat Arlovsky, fought Verdum, fought Derek Lewis, fought Stefan Struve, fought Shamil Durahimov, fought Augusto Sakai, and then Spivak, Grishin, Rothwell, and Hardy. I mean, he's... I don't know. And I, and I, like JDS was something that popped in my mind, but I don't like that one for JDS either. Like if, if he no, sticks I'm- around. Also, that would be four straight wins versus four straight. On paper, it makes perfect sense uh, because we have someone in Tabra who's not a super heavy hitter. So fingers crossed, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be it wouldn't be one of those junior fights we've had recently where we're just waiting for junior to get smacked. And then uh, and uh, you know it's it's horrible. It's a horrible experience watching junior fight some of these up and coming heavyweights. Uh, Tabra would. I'm not saying he doesn't have some pop. He's a heavyweight. But I, I, I think that'd be a fight that would at least probably go to decision. Uh, it's a fight that junior could win if we're being honest. But I just don't like the optics of four straight wins versus four straight losses. So um, I, I had to pass on that one. But that was one definitely actually near, near the top of my list. Yeah, I almost went with – there's a part of me that almost jumped on the surreal Gon train. But I think Gon deserves a top five guy after that performance. Although I would like to see how Gon and Tybora look at this point in their careers. But maybe down the line, maybe down the line. But we'll see what happens. But uh, as you mentioned before, AK, we're going to discuss Anthony Pettis because he defeats Alex Morono. Final fight on his deal. We saw – Kind of like with Wonder Boy and Aldo, we saw some some vintage Anthony Pettis, some spinning stuff, some craziness, and he looks pretty darn good after that first round. And I believe we're on opposite sides of the spectrum here, AK. I don't think he's going to be back competing in the UFC. I think he's off to Bellator. I think he needs a new challenge. He'll get it there. His brother is there finding success. So that's what I believe happens. At least on the post-fight show, you didn't necessarily agree with that, right? Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I at least think there's a chance he stays at the UFC. Um, I just think there's still, I just you know, it's still the premier organization. It's still where the best competition is, which I think is is, is going to factor into Pettis' decision. He just looking at all the interviews he did. And I spoke to him as well uh, during the week. He he was very sly about uh, how he's handling how he's sort of handling the last uh, fight. Never, never made any commitment towards saying like, oh, I can't wait to you know assign a new contract to this or or uh, who I'm going to fight next in the UFC. Uh, even his post-fight speech, I think um, on Saturday, was something to the effect of like, I still want to fight the best at 155, which 
he doesn't necessarily mean that he has to stay in the UFC, right? He could be saying the best 155 uh, and other promotions, right? So he was very sly. He's he's learned a lot. Uh, Anthony Pettison's 10 years promotion. He's learned he's learned how to talk the talk. So uh, I like if he stays in the UFC. Uh, he said he wants to go down, down to lightweight. Uh, Dan Hooker. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. That's fun. I don't know how Dan Hooker would feel about that one. He may, maybe he would oh. like it. I don't know. I don't know. He would. Because, I mean, because Pettis isn't even ranked, and he wouldn't be. Not at lightweight, no. Yeah, that's tough. I will say this. You mentioned Pettis' interviews, and he was sharing an awful lot of stuff, especially the one he did with ESPN, about being sober and depression and all sorts of stuff. Uh, He's sober for like three months now, which is like the the longest stretch he's been sober in like a decade. So good on him, and... One of the things I looked at was how he was going to look physically. Like when he walked to the cage, when he took his shirt off, not that I'm like sitting there just, you know, looking and studying how these guys look without shirts on. But Pettis, <laughs> Pettis looked pretty good, man. He had, he had the abs coming out. Like he was looking good. You could tell his spirits were, were high. He was in a good place mentally. And I think bigger than the win itself over Alex Morono, that's what stuck out to me more than anything. So at this point for Anthony Pettis, after all he's done in the sport and after all he's done for the UFC, I just want him to be be happy with where he's fighting. And I want to see him continue to compete. So if he's happiest in the UFC, good for him. If he's happier in Bellator, great. If he's happier in one or Ryzen, although Pettis and Ryzen would be a blast. Oh my God, where you could throw soccer kicks and all sorts of craziness. I'd love to see that happen. It won't, but if- I'd love to see it. If he signs with Bellator, can't there be some Bellator Ryzen crossover, right? There could. Well, you make a good right? point. You make is, a good right? point. I saw. I saw people mention that on Twitter, mentioning, but like, oh, like mentioning them separately a lot. But I didn't think. I, I'm surprised people didn't just say he should sign with Bellator and then you know participate once they start to travel more and do some more of those crossover shows. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a lot of people saying they want to see soccer kick, uh, grounded knees, uh, Pettis. There's a guy in Ryzen, uh, Yasuke Yachi, and. Um, uh, Drake Riggs on Twitter met, brought that matchup up, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like that's the matchup." Have you ever seen this guy Yachi? He's just a wild man. That's a matchup I would kill to see. So I feel like the Beltor deal would entail some appearances for Ryzen. I'm sure Pettis would want to. He would love to fight in Japan, right? That's like a dream of so many, so many fighters. So I think those go hand in hand. I don't think he needs to sign exclusively with Ryzen, and I, I don't know if he would either. But um, who do you like for him though in, in Bellator? We, we we threw out a few options the other night. I like the Benson Henderson idea. Really? You and Jose? What, what? I'm sorry. Wait, what is the... Okay, go ahead. Explain to the readers uh, and viewers. What, what is the appeal of the third Henderson fight? I just want to see it again. I just would like to see it there. I just think it's a good... I just think it's a good fight for both guys. You know what I mean? Like, there's a story there. I know you can't show the Showtime kick in the promos. It's all good. Like, it's a... It's a I think Pettis wins that fight again. But I kind of want to see it. Like, give, Hens, give Benson Henderson something to chase. Give Pettis... I'm not going to say it's a tune-up fight, but... It's a tough matchup, but I still think it's a fight Anthony Pettis can win. And it's a fight that can draw some eyeballs just because everybody knows those two guys. And mm-hmm. especially in 2020, there's probably fans of Bellator and fans of the UFC who probably don't even, outside of the just watching the promos in the Showtime kick, probably didn't even know that they fought multiple times. They probably yeah. have no clue. So I kind of want to see it. it. I just think it makes sense. It could be a main event easily for one of those Mohegan Sun cards without fans. It's fine. I'm cool with that. And then if he wins, then you can give Pettis a title shot or, you know, give him a bigger fight. And I kind of liked Jose's idea. If he wants, 
you know, they throw him MVP at 170. I'm cool with that too. But I feel like there's so many good options oh, for him there other than what we would get in the UFC. Because it's either, like you said, we throw him in a bunch of rematches or we feed him to, you know, a surging contender at 55 or 70. And I don't know. I, I feel like the best thing for the UFC would have that would be to have that contender sort of run through Pettis to get to that next level. With Bellator, it's not really doesn't really matter you know mm-hmm. oh showtime versus mvp that's a poster i'm just imagining the showtime versus mvp oh it's magical that'd be sick uh I, I, I'll, I'll say i i wouldn't be i i'm not looking i'm not like as high on this uh, trilogy bout with henderson so you guys are but i wouldn't be against it i think like you said most people only know about the remember the showtime kick and maybe the arm bar you know in their rematch um because it was such a short fight that first fight what is a forgotten classic it's oh, a it's really, so really good. Yeah. For anyone who has fight pass and has only seen the the Showtime kick, watch the whole fight. It's so freaking good. <laughs> it's so so good and so competitive, uh, and really a coming out party for Pettis because I think the people before that fight, uh, Henderson Henderson had never lost in WC, and so there was kind of like Pettison was kind of the next big thing, and it's like, oh, is he going to step up to this moment? And man, Pettis stepped up to the moment in like the biggest way possible. It's such a great fight. Um, I like him, uh, Petruki Petruki Pitbull. I yeah. think, and then set up set up a fight, future fight, of course, with Patricio whenever Patricio's done with um, the featherweight Grand Prix. So, I want to see him go to Bellator. I'm just I'm just thinking he stays in the UFC. That's so what I want and what I think is going to happen are just different here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the UFC you know ponies up if they think he's worth the investment because you know Pettis ain't making fifty and fifty right now. He's yep. probably making. I bet he's making a half a mil. Or around there to to yeah. compete for the UFC without yeah. a win bonus. So now's the time to ask, though, Anthony. Now is the time to ask. If, if he's if he knows he has an option to go to Bellator, obviously, now's the time to ask. And if the UFC is willing to pay, then you stay. That's it. Ask for a milli. If they say no, ask for a milli. Do beat it. feet, beat feet. Get on out of there. Yeah. Um, let us head to the wild card round for the final time in 2020. AK and for those who are new to the program, we're going to select one fighter, win or lose, that we have not match made for yet, and we're going to do so right now. So my best friend. Final wild card selection mm. until January seventeenth, two thousand and twenty-one. What you got? Like this one isn't even for me. I am doing the UFC matchmakers a favor. I am solving a problem for them. Uh, Jimmy Flick, I I loved Jimmy Flick's debut. My goodness, that was so much fun. Lived up to the high. Everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's a crazy." You know, we hear sometimes like, "Oh, this guy's a crazy submission guy." This guy's a crazy striker, and then they debut and something just doesn't click, and they don't get to show what they can do. Uh, Jimmy Flick showed that he is a scary, scary submission guy. That was the feeling coming in. That's what people saw in the Contender Series. Like for most people, like me, first time I ever saw him was on Contender Series, and I was just like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's fun." Uh, and then he breaks out a friggin' fl- first round flying triangle against a very tough uh, Cody Durden to uh, to win. So. Look, uh, Mateus Nikolaj just got brought back to the UFC. He was supposed to fight Ulembekov, uh, Tagir Ulembekov. Unfortunately, Ulembekov withdrew. And uh, this is UFC 257, January 23rd. Throw Flick in there. It's a very, be a very tough test for him. Uh, but I think Nikolaj needs a good opponent, an exciting opponent. Flick's right up there. I've just done your job for UFC. I don't think Flick took that much damage uh, in the fight. Let's next month, Flick, Mateus Nikolaj. Let's go. I will say this: that was the first thing I thought of when I was kind of rifling through these ideas in my mind. But then I knew my best friend was going to choose that exact fight. Oh, you know me so well. Um, and I think it's perfect for both guys because, one, Nikolaj gets to fight back at the UFC. And, two, this is the kind of opportunity that makes stars. Like, you, you get a win, you create this crazy highlight, 
and then you come back a month later and you try to do it again. And if you do, then you're off to the races at 125. Look at Brandon Royval. There you go. Perfect example of what he did in 2020. Jimmy Flick could start off 2021 doing something very similar. But I knew you were going that way. I am going to stick with 125, though. I'm going to go with Tyler Santos, AK, Mm -hmm. because what an impressive performance on Saturday night against Jillian Robertson. She has looked really good in her last two fights. The win over Molly McCann was an eye-opener because I think everyone had that bad taste in their mouth from the Mara Romero Barella fight. We're just like... What the hell are you doing, Tyler? Like, are you seriously <laughs> going to lose this fight to Mara Marabarella? And I'm not, I'm not sitting there dumping on her, but that was a fight Tyler Santos, like, we, everyone expected her to cruise in that fight, and she just, the moment overcame her. And that happens. I, I get it. I get it. But the McCann win showed me a lot. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to roll a two fighters who have turned my perceptions upside down this year in 2020. Tyler Santos versus Antonita Shevchenko, AK. Both oh. of these ladies are on the cusp of taking that next step forward. And I've been very hard on Antonita. Yes. Not, actually, I haven't really been hard on her. I've been hard on the matchmakers for putting her in these ridiculous types of situations. Like the Ariane Lipsky fight, That the, those were the kinds of fights she should have been having. She shouldn't have been fighting the Roxanne Mataferis and the Caitlin Chukagans of the world. She should have been fighting the Ariane Lipskys of the world. Now her confidence is sky high. She looked great. She fixed her mistakes. So maybe in a way the UFC did the right thing because now I think we're going to see the best Antonina Shevchenko moving forward. But both of these ladies are in a really prime spot. Antonina looked amazing in her last fight. Let's match them up. One of these ladies is going to emerge as the next legit threat at 125. That's what I'm going with for this final selection, AK. I am amazed. I feel like you have been shooting down Antonina matchups all year. I feel like every time we get to the reader portion and someone brings up the Antonina should fight this person, I always feel like Mike Hack's like, nope, hate that matchup. Antonina. <laughs> I am I you know what? I am glad you are ending this year with like a reconciliation with the the elder <laughs> with the with the elder Shevchenko sister because she is a very talented fighter. I think I think fans like her. Again, you're you know the results in the octagon have been mixed. It hasn't always been great, and some of the fights have been a little lackluster, for being honest. But I am glad to see that you see the value uh, in Antonina Shevchenko, and that yes, yes, may, maybe it is time for her uh, to 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 fight Atala Santos and see again, kind of see what we have here with Tyler because like two very strong performances back to back, two performances that showed. Uh, how well-rounded she is, you know, striking battle with Molly McCann, obviously, and then out gra- out grappling. Jillian Robertson was really, really impressed. I don't know if there was like a straight-up grappling competition. Maybe Jillian Robertson would win, but in MMA, uh, Santos's strategy was just perfect. Uh, it was it was a really outstanding outstanding performance because um, you know uh, Jillian Robertson her game plan was to get to the ground, and she did, and Santos still won. So that's uh, a yeah, yeah, and she's uh, but yeah, she's someone who could definitely coming out of this card. I don't know how many people are talking about her, but she could be a serious contender in 2021, uh, Tala Santos. The whole thing about that fight on Saturday between those two ladies was I was like, this is the this is the fight we're going to see who Jillian Robertson is as a fighter. Because when Jillian Robertson fought Macy Barber and she got hit once, mm. everything changed. She was just like, F this, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And I felt like Tala Santos had the kind of power on the feet to do that to her as well. And I was interested to see, like, if she takes a couple of shots, can she get this on the ground and maybe pull off a submission? At that point, then I'm like, I am all in on the Jillian Robertson train. But this matchup scared me. If you're a Jillian, if you're a fan of Jillian Robertson, I didn't like it for her. I really didn't. And to see Tyler Santos do what she did on the ground without having to throw anything off the uh, on her feet was amazing. 
that just shows how good she really is. She didn't have to strike on the feet, and she is a ferocious striker. So I think that's a good fight. Antonina Shevchenko, you've changed my mind. But you know what the UFC is going to do? They're going to probably throw her in there with freaking Cynthia Calvillo and give her an L. Like, I don't <laughs> want to see that. Like, just slow roll Antonina. Let's build her up. Her sister's already the champion. There's no need to throw her in there with top five people. I never had a problem with you, Antonina. I had a problem with the matchmakers. I didn't like the way they, they developed you. But maybe it was, at the end, the best thing for you because we saw the best version of you we've ever seen. Uh, on Fight Island. So the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Not sure if we have a check the tapes, AK, but uh, I, I, do we, we have, have a check the tapes? We have a reader. We have a reader telling us to check the tapes, Mike. All right, let's do it. We got a reader. I, I mean, well, I, I don't remember this at all. So uh, uh, Jacob Best, one of our Instagram uh, contributors, he says he, he said that he called for uh, the recently announced Rafael Asensio, uh, or reported anyway, Rafael Asensio, Ronnie Barcelos fight on February 27th. I don't remember this coming up ever. <laughs> I don't remember that because I figured... I figured Barcelos versus Marab. I figured everybody was on Barcelos versus Marab, right? Because Marab needed an opponent. Barcelos made quick work of somebody. And they did exactly that. And then he was suspended. And for some reason, no one thought about that. And the fight never happened. Wait, so Jacob Best is not lying? This actually did come up on a previous show? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember that. Because I figured everybody was on Barcelos versus Marab because Marab lost... Cody Stamen as an opponent. So everyone's like, oh, just throw Barcelos in there with Marab Dualishvili since it was like a month later. And then they did that. Like, the, that was the play. UFC turned around and booked that fight. And then Barcelos had a medical suspension from the previous win. And they're like, nope, fight ain't happening. And I find it crazy that Barcelos got booked at a fight before Marab did. Poor Marab. The guy can't get a fight. Well, uh, nobody wants to fight him. That's for damn sure. After the way he's performed his last couple of times, I wouldn't want to sign on to that for that guy. Uh, Jacob says, quote, unquote, I was laughed at for this one. I think I I don't know. Jacob, I don't know who laughed. We don't laugh at people on the show, especially our readers uh, for, for matchup ideas. So I don't know what happened to Jacob. Uh, but, who you know, if someone did laugh at you, I guess, Jacob, you know what? You, you shoved it in their faces. But if anyone else wants to check the tapes and tell us on Twitter or leave in the comments on MMAfighting.com, or wherever you want to reach out to us and say and and verify that we laughed at Jacob or or mocked that 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 signing, by all means, uh, do it. But I don't okay. remember this at all. It's just, I'm not crystal clear on this, but it's starting to come back to me a little bit. Really? Because I have I have had moments on this program where readers have suggested matchups that on paper <laughs> they make sense. 
but it's terrifying for the higher ranked fighter. Uh, and I don't uh, think I was laughing at Jacob being like, oh, you suck as a matchmaker. I think I was just like, why would you do that to poor Rafael Asensio and throw him in there with this guy after getting destroyed by Cody Garbrandt? And that's kind of how I felt when I confirmed the fight. I was like, Ugh, I don't know. That's a tough one. But listen, this is not to shame Asensio. I just feel like these guys are on two totally different roads. But Asensio could do what Jose Aldo did and or did what Wonderboy did or Pettis did on Saturday night. But I probably heard the matchup after the knockout of Garbrandt, after Garbrandt knocked him silly and was just like, no. Don't do that to, to, to this man. Like, let's give him somebody else. All right. So there's some truth to this claim, possibly. Again, people, you go, go back, check the tapes yourself. But uh, uh, Jacob Best, if you did call that one, good for you. Uh, reader, we, you know, readers deserve credit and check the tapes, too. Uh, I'm taking partial credit, Mike, for the Edgar Sanhagen fighting that fight that was booked. It was not my number one choice after Sanhagen's last win. It was not my number one choice. But I did uh, mention it uh, as I did mention uh, is, I did mention it as an option. I think I wanted Sandhagen Dillashaw, which I still stand by. I still think that's a good matchup, but I guess obviously probably won't happen now that uh, the Edgar fight has been rebooked. So um, I'll take a little credit for that. I'll take yeah. what I can get, Mike. I'll take what I can get. I actually think when Edgar got the win over Munoz, I think I suggested Sandhagen like right away just to rebook that. No, I didn't. I, ticked, I said Dominic Cruz. I'm wrong. Completely wrong. <laughs> uh, but I, I think we both mentioned Edgar because he had called out Sanhagen called out both guys, Dillashaw yeah. or Frankie. So I think it made sense. I, and I like the fact they're rebooking this fight. It makes sense yeah, for both guys. It. it made sense. Um, okay, so readers. Shall we, shall we move on to the readers, Mike? Yes, because I think the listeners should close out the show because I do want to say one thing real quick before we do that. Do I want to give them a big shout out because you may not even know this, AK, so I might be breaking some news to you. Since we started doing the show now 23 weeks ago on MMA Fighting's podcasting network, Right after the first trip to Fight Island, on to the next one has consistently become the most listened to podcast on the network. What? Every week, the numbers continue to be great, no. and it's beating everybody. There, Listen, there have been some post-fight shows after Habib retired. There have been some post-fight shows that have eclipsed it. But for the most part, on to the next one has consistently been the most listened to show of the week. So we appreciate that very much. Oh. And uh, let's give the peeps some shine here, AK, for the last time in 2020. Um- Mike, I'm emotional now. How can I? How can I proceed? I, I, I'm, I'm verklempt. I need to gather myself here. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Rhode I, Island, not a road door island. I'm sure you do too. I get, I get a lot of straight compliments about the show. Just like random DMs, like, "Oh, great work, guys." And I just, it's again, it's, it's only a few people. So I just, I have no grasp of how many people are actually listening. I just assume it's like, oh, very a nice, positive vocal minority. So I'm like, okay, cool, that's great. But I did not know. Yeah, you're right. I was not aware of how well the show's doing. So yes, thank you, everyone, so much who listens. Uh, it's been so much fun to do, and uh, the readers have been a huge, huge, huge part of it. So, um, yes, our, our, our so uh, Tyler Santos, Mike. Uh, not too many suggestions, but some person. I'm I'm a little sad this was spoiled because I was all ready to have a discussion about someone bringing up Antonina at uh, Efane Smallfoot on Twitter said Antonina and I thought like oh Mike's gonna hate this but no you're on the same page Smallfoot big brain <laughs> Smallfoot big that's well done uh, Anthony Pettis quite a few suggestions came in I don't know how many people I think some people said yeah Bellator. Uh, someone said Woodley. They're friends, I think. I don't think they would fight. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they're actually training to, actively training together anymore, but they're definitely friends. I, I don't see that happening. Um, Bobby Lawler. I'm st- I'm so down for that still. Yep. Yep. Uh, what do people say? What? Did I... Oh, Aya Quint is a name. Aya Quint is a name we've brought up many times on the show. We just don't know when he's going to fight again. 
I know. Sure what, right? We don't, there's a lot of good lightweight, like veteran lightweights in that Anthony Pettis uh, experience range who were like, oh, Ayala Quinta, perfect. Ayala Quinta, perfect. I think we've done that at least twice. And there's just been not a peep from the Ayala Quinta camp as far as when he's going to fight again. So Ayala Quinta's suggestion is always good. I honestly just don't know when that's going to happen again. But um, that's certainly welcome. Uh, Dan Hooker and Bellator and uh, yeah, and other people saying um, – Patricky uh, Pit, Pitbull MVP, or I think Casey was it Casey on the show the other day who said throw him right in there with Douglas Lima. Yes, that was that was Casey. <laughs> Golly, all right, well, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Uh, Tabura, we had a couple of quite a few suggestions for Tabura as well. This Tabura train is picking up some steam, Mike. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do I don't even know? Sometimes I don't know whether to read the person's name or their at because it's just so. I'll go to the at midnight author. Not even going to bother to explain the spelling. There's a number in there. Cidiel Gan. So he does like the Cidiel Gan thing. I, I, it's hard to say no because I keep bringing up Tabura is technically on a four-fight win streak. So to say that like, oh, so Gan has passed that matchup with the JDS win. Not necessarily. Not right. necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and another – a lot of a lot of um, suggestions for this one. Uh, this is from at GB on Twitter. Uh, Blagoy Ivanov or and this sorry it's the second one that keeps coming up uh, Sergei Pavlovich I looked at both of them mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm fine with either um, I don't know Blagoy I thought about this I was just like wow they haven't fought and I don't think he's fought Pav- Pavlovich either so I mean either, either's fine but I feel I, I feel like I feel like Tybora getting a win like that over somebody as polarizing as Greg Hardy. I mean, Tybora was a hero last night to a lot of people. Like Twitter is still, I, I was to pull back the curtain. It is one thirty p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday as we're recording this, and I was on Twitter right before we hit record, and there are still people tweeting out the replay in case you missed it last night. Marcin Tybora, you're a hero. Like he's got buzz right now, and I feel like throwing him in there with a, an, an Ivanov or a Pavlovich. Sure, it's great in the rankings, but I feel like there's just not a lot of buzz there. It's hard to go from Greg Hardy, who's a big name and people know who he is, to to Sergey Pavlovich. Like, I, I good fighter, but I feel like nobody they'll just be like, all right, sure, why not? Mike, I, I don't like to see the downfall of anyone, as you know. I'm not a spiteful man. I will just say bravo, uh, Martin Tibura, and leave it leave that at that as far as that result goes. Uh, <laughs> two things. First, I don't know why I keep getting Ivanov and Sakai confused. They literally have nothing in common other than uh, that that was Sakai's, uh, sorry, Ivanov's last fight was Sakai. They have nothing in common. I do not know why. Did they both fight for, no, Sakai came from a Beltor. Yeah, Sakai came, yep. well, they both fought for Beltor once upon a time. Um, but I don't know why I keep getting them mixed up. The, the, my, my issue with the Pavlovich matchup is definitely, it, it, it would be so clearly a, uh, we, you know, we think Pavlovich is a stud, which he is, and we're using Tabura to like build him up. And I don't like that for Tabura. I don't think that's fair to, for Tabura. I think he deserves a veteran and deserves to get his a little bit of his own shine. So exactly. I can certainly I can certainly see it happening. I, I absolutely see it happening. I just don't like it for Tabura. I don't think it's fair. But what is fair, right, Mike? In, that's uh, in true. MMA? Rob Font. Well, we had a couple of good Rob Font suggestions. Uh, people like Garbrandt. One person throughout. I don't think we mentioned this one. This is from uh, Steve Cardin on Twitter. O'Malley. No. He's passed. He's passed that. I mean, O'Malley's not even ranked. Like here, here okay. Here's I'm going to throw a, a little oh. a little mystery one here because here Garbrandt has been a popular name for some of these fighters. Yes. Okay. Yep. Garbrandt's going to need something to do before he goes to 125, right? Because he wants to he wants to go to 25 and fight 
for the title. He wants to fight Figueredo, yes. and the draw yes. killed him and killed those chances. Cody Garbrandt, I don't care what anybody says. He's a name. He did knock out Rafael Asensio, which was impressive. The guy is not a contender right now. He's not. Like, he's not a guy that I look at right away and say, if Cody Garbrandt wins his next fight, he should be fighting for the title. I don't think mm. that. I really don't. So if he wants to keep himself busy and fight at 35 and get himself some buzz, give Cody Garbrandt the shot O'Malley fight. Like, that's the fight to make, yes. especially yeah. if you're going to 25. We're not giving Rob, like, Rob Vaughn's staying at 35. He wants to be a, the, the champion at 135 and only the champion at 135. I don't like the idea of giving Rob Font to Sean O'Malley, although I think Rob Font would, I think he would beat Sean O'Malley pretty easily if we're being honest. But give O'Malley the Garbrandt fight, this heat there, that's the fight you make. And then he could drop to 25 after we figure out this Figueroa versus Moreno thing. Garbrandt and O'Malley were on the same card when uh, when Garbrandt had that big knock, his comeback knockout. Yeah. Right? That was also the O'Malley Wineland when he knocked out Wineland. Yeah, that was like the. the yeah, those are two knockout of the year candidates on the same Yeah, card. and I thought it made so much sense then uh, to right. consider match. I, I know Garbrandt again probably is like, oh, I'm too big a name for this kid, but really there was so much heat there. And now, of course, they're going right. And now, fast forward to now, they're going back and forth on social media talking all this crap. Yes, that is a, a great, great, great fight. Uh, the UFC should the UFC should be putting the gears in motion for that. They should be latching on to this trash talk and saying, hey guys, if you're going to talk, we got contracts ready. Uh, uh, let's see if we make this happen. Uh, let's see if the price is right. So yeah, I'd love love to see that. Oh, but by the way, it just popped in my head. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, people have been asking me about this. There are reports out there that Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson are fighting on January 30th. Uh, let me just say this. There's no truth to that report, uh-huh. by the way. I've, 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 I've talked to people. Um, there is no truth to that. There's, I mean, may, I'm not saying it won't happen, but as of right now, there's been no discussion about that fight for January 30th. Where did this 30th. come from? Does this come from a fake account or something? Is there a no. fake... Uh... Big Helwani account out there shooting out some crap again? No, there was there was a piece written, there was an article, fighters no. were tagged. Um, there's no truth to that. I will say oh. that. I, I have a feeling that's the fight they're going to make. Um, but as of right now, that report is it's very premature because no discussions have been had about it. But I just want to throw that out there because people keep asking me about it. Yes, thank you, Mike. Hit him with the real news. The hashtag real news. Uh, we got some straight got some people uh, tagging us on Twitter with some matchups. I don't like this one, and I, but I think Pettis would be down for it. Uh, this is for Anthony Pettis from uh, Bobby Atkins on Twitter. On to the next one, he said, uh, "Winner uh, Pettis versus Islam Dober winner. Eh, Dober would be really fun. Yes, Dober that would be fun. I, actually, I, you know what? I like both of them. I like both yeah. of those fights. Uh, Islam, though, that you know, you know, I still, I still have that whole uh, uh, can Pettis really deal with wrestlers uh, thing going on? That's uh, true. I, I still think it's a kryptonite of him, but it'd be a really good test for Islam for sure because." Uh, I mean, Islam has looked great, and again, we keep kind of using him as a, as a Habib proxy, which uh, which we shouldn't do. You know, they're different people, but uh, it'd be kind of like a little bit like a Pettis versus poor man's Habib, whatever rude thing for me to say. But yeah, I don't mind it. Thanks, Bobby Atkins. I don't mind that suggestion. Uh, Chris Styles on Twitter, he threw out a couple of good ones. Which ones jumped? Oh, I don't know how I didn't think of this. Uh, Pajeda and Nico Price. Oh sure. Yeah. That's if they don't run back the Cerrone rematch. Right, which is certainly possible. Uh, Price, though, uh, what happened? That, fight, that got turned overturned to a no contest, right? Was it was the wacky tobacco? Yeah, it was a draw to a no contest. <laughs> was it because of the, the, the – was he smoking the weeds? Yeah, he was smoking <laughs> – yeah. As the kids say? <laughs> yes. You guys, guys, you guys know how hip I am. He's smoking the weeds, you know. The, gan, the, the, the ganj, as the, oh, not, the kids say. I gotta write, I gotta, Mike, i got to write that one down. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, you can't. you got to slow down. you got to slow down. <laughs> the flower. The flower. <laughs> Uh, 
Marlon Moraes. This is uh, uh, Song Yadong. Ooh. That's, that's tough for Marlon, though. Another heavy hitter? <laughs> what else is he going to do? I know. And and look, I think Marlon's really good. He should win a Song Yadong fight. He should. I think he should. But now I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect from Marlon anymore. I really don't. I wonder if he is part of the 60. Whoa! I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not predicting it. I wonder, though. Speculating. Three out of four. He's not a title contender. It won't be for a long time. It's kind of tough. It's sad to think about because Marlon is the man. He's such a nice guy. All right. I'm going to take a quick... I I got to take a quick detour here. Hi, oh, you I, I apologize. Caught me off guard. No, it's fine. You caught me off guard. Uh, his last recording, again, these are not because this has been two fights ago. His last recorded payout uh, for a win, wow, $220,000. So one, 110 to show, 110 to win. So 110 in the minimum, 110 to show. That's a lot of money. And 35 That's is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like Casey Kenny's going to go into the Dominic Cruz fight. At best, he's probably making 40 and 40. Would be my guess. I could be wrong, but that's probably like he probably got a new contract to take this fight. But I mean, it it can't be much more than that, can it? Look, one thing we've talked about a lot, uh, us in the media have talked about over the last few weeks, is and kind of jokingly, but is like, oh, how many of these veterans when you cut them, how many contender series signings is that worth? And one hundred ten thousand dollars. That's that's again, that's a lot of fighters that the UFC could sign up that money instead that's of eleven. Like said, that's eleven. Right. Maybe so, maybe ten. <laughs> Uh, guys who, uh, as opposed to, again, like I said, a guy who has lost three or four. Um, I, I, I don't, um, by the way, yeah, like you said, you're just speculating. I strongly, d- I was, I strongly doubt that he gets released, but that we're even discussing it is kind of scary. I know, um, it sucks. It makes me so sad. So Chris Styles, I hope we see the Yadong, the song Yadong matchup. Me too. Of, of, yeah, wow. I, uh, Sounds better now, doesn't it? And did we talk about Neil Luke? Did either of us mention that? No, but I like it. I'm into it. Yeah, I saw a few people, it's definitely come up a few times. Uh, Luke's name, Luke's name in general, I would say, is probably one of the most popular we saw, we've seen since doing starting the show. Mike, I think Luke gets tossed around a lot. It's this very exciting style. He's kind of right in that, like, right in the ranked like 15, 20 range. So it's just it, there's so many people who conceivably either fight him to go up, or veterans who like maybe coming off losses could use a fight with. I don't know. I do know that before the Wonder Boy fight became a thing, Neil versus Luke was being discussed. Was not pen never went to paper, mm-hmm. but that was yeah. um that was discussed. It was close to being done, but it never never got made. I uh Devin Lefave Woods on Twitter wants to see, I don't know if this is gonna happen, but uh, Cheeto Cheeto versus Garbrandt. I don't mind that one either. I don't think Garbrandt's gonna do it. I that's a tough fight for him. I mean that's O'Malley makes sense because O'Malley, and I'm not saying Cheeto's not a draw because he is a draw. People people like yeah. Cheeto. Yeah, yeah. O'Malley's a bigger fight. Yep. It just it just is. And I, yep. I and if I'm Cody, I want nothing to do with that fight. Like I think he he probably feels strongly he could beat Sean O'Malley, but I don't I don't think he would have like the same overall confidence fighting a Cheeto Vera and not just a Cheeto Vera, but a Cheeto Vera coming off a loss in a fight he feel that he screwed up in that third round. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Devin, I like the suggestion. Me too. And, uh, and uh, I'd be surprised if Cheeto doesn't bring it up if he hasn't already. He's called out a lot of people. I I, I feel like he must he must have mentioned Garbrad at some point. And if he hasn't, he probably will. Uh, and this last one I had to call out because <laughs> so this came, comes from an account called at Jayclyman uh, one on Twitter, which has joined in August twenty nine joined Twitter in August twenty nineteen, 
has never tweeted before, Mike, until until this weekend. Yes. <laughs> Someone started this account over a year ago and did not use it, and then decided, no, now now is the t- uh, now is the time. I must contribute to onto the next one. Uh, and with not a bad suggestion, Michelle Pereira versus uh, Munir Lazes. So Ooh, thank that you, is Jake fun. Lyman. For breaking your Twitter silence uh, and and having us be the reason for it, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dang, that's nice. That pretty cool. Uh, we got a, a, our regulars, our regulars on uh, on Twitter, of course, through DMs. Never let me down. I'll run through these quick. Mike, tell tell me if any of these. Well, well I actually got quite a few because I do want to spotlight on Marcus McGahey, who had a lot of good suggestions. But uh, Barry O'Reilly, who uh, felt bad because we shot down his one suggestion last time. I think he wanted Ryan Hall and Chase Hooper. And I think we had to break it to him that I'm pretty sure they're actively training together these days. Yeah. Probably will not will not fight each other. Uh, he also likes Pajeda Lazes and Pettis Luque. I'm getting all these things mixed up. We we didn't mention Pettis Luque, did we? No. Yeah. So that's another. Again, Luque's name very popular. Uh, again, that would be a Pettis stated welterweight. Yeah, he might be interested in that, but I do think he's looking for either big fights at 155 or, like we said, might not even be in the OC, right? Yeah, I'm, if they made it, I'd watch it. A name we haven't mentioned yet, Mike, but a lot of people liked what they saw from uh, Tefan and Chukwe. Uh, so from Aronsky, he wants, I think these are a little too veteran for him, but he likes Chukwe versus uh, Darren Stewart or Drikas Duplessis. That's a little, I don't think he's ready for those. Oh, boy. I, he, he looked very advanced for a guy in his fifth pro fight. He looked very advanced. I do not think he's ready for either of those fighters. Yeah, definitely not du- Duplessis. No way. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Speaking of speaking of fighters who really impressed me and turned me around, I, I'll, I'll 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 be honest. We make our picks for MMA fighting. I thought he was going to lose. I thought I didn't like that he was dropping eighty five. I didn't like the opponent, and I didn't like the fact that he was such a heavy favorite in that fight. Huge. Three but to I, one, over three to one, I think. But I will tell you what, and also, and another thing is because I, I listen to a, a whole bunch of different shows, and you know, to, to show my support, one of them is is a is a betting show, and I feel like you just you could just look at a page, and you could be like, oh, he beat William Knight, he beat William Knight, so he's 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 already there. That William Knight fight told me nothing because the stoppage was BS, and Knight kind of got the big fat hose job on enemy territory fighting for CFFC. Not his fault, not CFFC's fault. It was just, it was an early stoppage. The fight could have gone on. And I feel like too much stock was put into that win when it shouldn't have, in my opinion. But man, and Chukwe, well done, man. You flipped me in a big way. That was a veteran performance going in there. No jitters. You walked that man down. You bullied him around. You showed that you were the more experienced guy, even though you had three times less experience. It was impressive. And I want to see more. If there's one guy at middleweight that I'm buying stock in and paying heavily, I'm it's Tafan and Chukwe. I've completely changed my mind. <laughs> Whoa! I'm mad that I made that pick against him, and I got to tell I was so impressed with him last night. Like he's not a champ. I'm not saying he's fighting for a belt in 2021, but he's a guy that if the UFC can develop him correctly and have him avoid matchups like Darren Stewart and certainly Duplessis, this guy's got a bright future. Really bright. Man, readers, you guys have gotten Mike churning right now. Mike has been, you know, this is your moment, but you guys have gotten going. Uh, and there there are more Chukwe uh, matchups coming out, which are, are th- a little more suitable. But thank you, Aronsky, for that suggestion. Yes. Uh, Harry Lipsky, another another regular. He mentioned Wonderboy Woodley 3. They're never booking that fight again. I've never. After that last three, right? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. There's just not, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense as far as, like, oh, where they are in their careers. Like, sure, rankings-wise, okay, whatever. 
that's the way that second fight went. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. <laughs> unless they um, put him, unless they put him like in the middle of a tire, they're never gonna book that. Fight. <laughs> he wants to see a real step up uh, in the rankings for Pajeda. He wants to see Pajeda, Sean Brady, Jake Matthews winner uh, for March sixth. I don't know. I'm We're cool taking with Pajeda that. that seriously. Yeah, I think either of those guys. Well, Brady, I would obviously pick. Yeah, maybe, maybe if Matthews upset Brady, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still, it's hard to gauge Jake Matthews. He's a really good fighter, but uh, again, I've just seen him so much. I don't know what his ceiling is, or if he's just again a sort of a mid, a mid tier guy. Uh, Rob Font versus Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz winner, January thirtieth. I think Font. I, I thought that was the direction that Font would have gone for the comeback fight. Like you fight Rivera, oh. you fight Pedro. Mm-hmm. That's over right now, unless yeah. like. Unless somebody goes out there and does something spectacular. I mean, like, 30-second knockout or some kind of crazy submission. I think Font has leapfrogged both of those guys at this point. So I think it's a tough sell. But you never know. I, I don't hate him. If they did that, cool. Font would say yes. There's no doubt in my mind that he would say yes. But I feel like with that performance, putting away Marlon Marais, I feel like he has leapfrogged both of those yeah. guys. That was a stock razor, if I've ever seen Mike. What a way to end the year, right, for Font. Holy and cow. And plus, he's fought Munoz already. So maybe oh. Rivera. See, I totally forgot. Yeah. Totally forgot. What was the well, – let me see. Munoz what won was that the, fight. Oh, uh, three years ago. Yeah, it's a lifetime ago. Yeah. Good. I could see that rematch happening. Uh, let's see. So thank you, Harry Lipsky, for those suggestions. And then Marcus McGee. I have a bunch, Mike. So just I'm going to look at your face, and then I'll stop if I see you kind of like Razor. Um, this is obviously one that's been discussed. Wonder Boy versus Edward Shemayev winner. So we kind of talked about that January 20th. Uh, Pajeda Barbarina. Someone mentioned that on the show, on the post-fight show, right? No, I said Chaos Barbarina on the post-fight show. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Cha- Poor Chaos. The guy's been left out of this. because. He's- so uh, I-, I would like that, too. But um, again, he says... Pajeda Barbarina. He's also on the Tabora Pavlovich band. Maybe I got to hashtag this one too. We'll see. We'll see on Monday. Uh, you know, I like to I like to do a little get some hashtags going. Uh, Tyler Sant uh, Tyler Santos and Marina Morosh. Another sure. grappler. Another grappler. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Kind of, it's kind of proved, but I don't mind it. This one I didn't even think of, but I feel like maybe you mentioned it before at lightweight. Uh, Pettis and Alex Hernandez. Wow. Hmm. I, that's good. I like it. Pettis I like has it. kind of said he's not like picking and choosing fights. Like he said, if he wherever he goes, he's going to want to just kind of fight whatever you know gets it, build things up the old fashioned way. That would be an old fashioned resume builder. And uh, kind of Hernandez throwing, you know, he's after the Cerrone loss. There was a lot to prove, uh, and I think he has pro- reminded people why he was such a hot prospect. So maybe throwing him in there. This is that kind of again. Okay, here's your shot. Another veteran. Let's see where you are now. Kind of just we kind of get to keep, you know, retesting him. Um, so that makes sense there. Chukwe versus uh, Philip Rowe, Gabe Green winner, February 13th. I like that. Sensible. Are they? No. I, 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 wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Yes. <sighs> this is a thing. Is this not a thing? These are welterweights, right? Oh. Uh, let me. Hold on. Let me. Let me look this up. It is a welterweight. Did Philip Rowe not fight at middleweight before? No, he was always a welterweight. It's not a thing. He's had his debut set like. Uh, a million times and it just hasn't happened uh well i, I guess we're just assuming that uh, chukwe will cut down uh, 50 more pounds then <laughs> yeah he doesn't need to cut down 50 more there, pounds there was a lot you know mike there's a lot of flab there i think yeah. uh i think a lot of flab there that he had cut i think one more weight class down is the way to go. okay so uh, well, so sorry mark uh, and also i apologize for everyone else i, I should have i should have screened that one i don't My know apologies. Why that one and, and there's another there is another chukwe one coming up 
that I guarantee you will love. Uh, we got to show some love to Christos Giagos. We haven't mentioned in the show, of course. Uh, Kutaslatse. Yeah. Sure. Good veteran chance Kutaslatse. Yeah, I'm into that. And um, I thought this one. Penny Kianzad. This is a big step up versus uh, Juliana Pena, Sarah McMahon winner, January 16th. You know what? I really like that pick. Yeah. That's a good, good. one. Yeah. Marcus McGahee, you've redeemed yourself for that Chukwe row green nonsense. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Marcus McGahee, and the other uh, people who DM me on Twitter. Tristan Gordet, of course, always hits me up on email. Uh, he likes this fight would be freaking sick. I don't think they'd, they'd book it. I think they're going in other directions. But uh, Pajeda and uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, oh, that'd be sick. I thought about that one, but I couldn't do it. I think Rachmanov beats him. I'm, I'm high on Rachmanov. I think yeah. he's legit. I think he's legit. Yep. So, th- so thank you, Tristan. He had other suggestions, you know, but there's some, some, some repeats. And uh, so thank you, Tristan, as always. Instagram DMs. Our two boys on Instagram, Jacob Bess and Jay Steiner. Uh, I, I close out with them a lot because, I don't know, they always kind of throw something in there that gets me thinking. I don't see this one happening. Um, this is from Jacob Best. Wonder Boy, Uz- uh, this I think what Wonder Boy would want, though. Wonder Boy versus Usman Burns, loser. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Love that. That's definitely, Wonder Boy would, would be campaigning for that. I would, he'd start campaigning now, actually. Um, if he wants to get get what, one more shot of the title, right? Uh, and then... Uh, why did I not think of this? Michelle Pajeda uh, and uh, Elizu Zaleski. That's fun. I like it. Yeah. Why don't I? Capoeira. Capoeira versus, uh, versus Pajeda. Kind of rhymes? I don't know. My pronunciation is probably way off. I'm making it rhyme. Jace <laughs> uh, Steiner. Man, he might have taken You know, we've, we've given this guy so many so many props. Chukwe and Haas. Jesus. The matchup that will just make us all feel terrible about not exercising. If, if you saw, if, if we—that's the matchup. You see those guys step in the cage. We'll all—we're all gonna put that extra slice of cake back in the fridge. Uh, if you ever—if you see those two guys face off, was like, wow. I like I, that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Why? It's too. Why? It's too soon to give Inchukwe a guy like that. Like Phil. Say what you will about Phil Haas's record. I know he doesn't have like 35 fights, but I'm, listen, that's too soon for Nchukwe. It is. Like, you can't go from from a, a fellow contender series guy to Phil Haas. Like, Phil Haas has been in big fights. He's paid his dues. I'm not saying Nchukwe couldn't beat him. That's a fight I want to see in the future, but not now. It's too soon. Okay, it's just okay. too soon. Fair enough. Good, uh, Jason, slow, good futures pick. Slow roll. Slow roll Nchukwe. Sure. Uh, uh, another good Tyler Santos pick, I think. People had a lot of good suggestions for Santos. Uh, Calderwood, Jessica I winner. Again, another big step up. I'm, I'm, I would come cool with that, too. And, and by people, when I say step up, I mean in terms of ranking. I, I do think Tyler Santos is really good and like m- maybe would even be favored against either of those fighters. I, I probably wouldn't. But uh, as far as rankings and experience goes, Calderwood, I, a lot of these uh, uh, names that have been mentioned are, are certainly more well-known and, and uh, have had more UFC experience. But, yeah, I mean, those things were tougher. And last one, Mike. This one, I. How did we not bring this up? I, I'm embarrassed again. Readers, stop making me look bad. I'm sure we have good reason not to consider this one, Mike. But I gotta get it going. Uh, Jay Steiner, he recommended Marlin on Marlin. Ooh. <laughs> how did I not? AK, I I, that 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 man. That's that's too easy <laughs> for you. <laughs> how did I? But the, I mean, there must be good reasons not to match them up, right? I feel like that's I, actually that's perfect for both guys. <laughs> Damn it! How, how did I miss Marlon? On are they are they friends or something? Maybe that's no. I don't think they're friends at all. No. Why did I not think of Marlon on Marlon? <laughs> that's that that's the fight. Damn you, Chase Steiner! You've done it again. 
You've done it again. Wow. And they were both on the same uh, card. And I literally matched I, up the two winners oh, of those I, fights. Like, it's been a long year. All right. <laughs> it's been a long year. We've done a lot of shows. We're allowed we're allowed to miss some easy ones, okay? Yes. We do a lot of matchups. A lot of matchups. So hashtag uh, Marlon and Marlon. Look for that on Monday, people. Let's get that going. Keep those suggestions coming if you choose. Amazing. Hit us up on Twitter. Amazing. AK is at Alexander oh, Kaylee. Oh, yes, I keep forgetting my, I, to give people all my – yes, uh, at Alec – what am I on Twitter? <laughs> so, like, what am I on Twitter? Alexander Kaylee. Alexander Kaylee on Twitter. I got it. I got it, Mike. I got it. At Alexander Kaylee on Twitter. Uh, Alexander K. Kaylee on Instagram. Two Ks on Instagram. And Alex.Lee at SBNation.com on emails. Uh, Tristan's the only one who emails me, and it's very welcome. But if anyone else wants to email me, please do. So, uh, yes, I, I realized – Starting now, we I really do need to do a better job of uh, letting people know where to send these uh, these things. Yes, we appreciate that very much. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Heck underscore Jr. Now you may be wondering, are you done until January? No, we are not. In fact, we have some shows lined up for you for the first couple of episodes of 2021. We're going to take a look back and a look forward. So we're going to take a look back at some of the whiffs of 2020 fights we should have gotten but didn't in this crazy year. It's not going to be like an hour-long show, probably like 30 minutes or so. But then the following week, we're going to take a look at like must-make fights that we should see in 2021 that haven't been booked yet. But uh, but next week, and I am so excited for this, AK. This is news to you. Uh, we discussed the concept, but we're going to do it next week. Uh, for those who have been following my work for the last few years pre-MMA fighting, I have hosted a look ahead kind of a show where we take a look at some of the burning questions heading into the following year. We make future predictions. We buy, sell a bunch of random yet fascinating topics and we try and look deeper into 2021 in just a weird way, not just from a matchmaking standpoint. Um, so there's probably gonna be very little matchmaking, but then we're going to spit like hot take fiery, bold predictions for the year. And then next year, We'll take a look back on those predictions before we make our predictions for 2022. So this has been and will continue to be one of my favorite shows to put together of the mm. year. And AK, I am excited to share this with you next week, my friend, for the first time. Mike, I just want to say this. I love this. Love doing this show. Love doing all the shows. It has been a pleasure. Mike, it has been a pleasure working with you this year. I'm so excited for 2021 uh, and like all the stuff we're going to do and the shows we have to preview 2021. It has just been it's been a hell of a run these last 24 weeks with all this UFC. It's been a hell of a year, you know, and I hope I hope everyone I hope we could have provided some sort of entertainment, some distraction for some of the some of the more miserable moments that I know uh, people have been struggling through this year. So um, thank you everyone for who's, who's joined us for sure. That's really all I have to say. But again, like I said, we're not going anywhere. You know, I say I sound like we're saying goodbye. We're, guys, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be with you until the end of the year. When you're with you when the year starts, uh, we are we are here. So please keep tuning in. Will we record these on Sundays? Probably not. <laughs> we might record them a few days in advance. So for, you know, if the news changes, you know, so be it. It is what it is. Yes, but, uh, yes. but until then, we are out of time. We'll have some fun next week to wrap up the year on, on to the next one. So happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy the time with the family and friends. We'll have some different takes uh, on, we're, we're actually going to some different takes on uh, on a few of our shows uh, coming up this week as well, so stay tuned for that. So for Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Hack, and remember, do not take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we have had a blast matching fights with all of you here in 2020, so we'll see you right here next week for a different variation. One of my favorite shows right here on On to the Next One.
the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 